you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Hey guys, got a promo for you real quick before we start the episode. That's going to be coming from the Books That Burn podcast. It's a book review podcast discussing fictional depictions of trauma, hosted by Nicole and Robin. Check them out here. Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Happily Ever Haunted podcast may contain graphic content that may include sexual violence, suicide, or murder. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Happily Ever Haunted Podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Milton. And this is the podcast where we tell you stories of the strange and unusual. Ooh. Oh my <laughs> I still don't think that works, but okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a ghost. You're like a weird, tempting ghost. That oh, I'm tempting? Oh, thanks. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's very sensual. You're, you're, ooh. <laughs> it's very sensual. My ooh likes to woo. It's like the um, <laughs> it's like the okay. So, so I don't know if they're in in anywhere else outside of Texas, but at least here, um, there's this like mattress place, uh, oh, uh called uh, Mattress Firm. Yeah, but I think, I'm pretty sure that's a national. <laughs> is, is it not? I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't keep track of Mattress Firm. <laughs> I know they're in Texas. <laughs> But this is like, what happens when you never in the Texas. in the nineties, early two thousands, they had the commercial, and it was like only a mattress giant. Ooh, ooh ah. ah! And so that just reminded me of that because <laughs> it was a very central ooh ah. And I you always know, ooed and olive when it came on. To you. And you know, there's nothing else happening on a mattress that makes you go ooh ah other than you know relations. So that's a lie. Sometimes after a long day, I lay down and I'm just like, ooh, ah. Folks, I'm and you're not even in the bed. I'm calling shenanigans on that. <laughs> watch, watch. I am calling shenanigans. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's bullshit. How are you doing, Bailey? I'm good. You know, okay, so I was thinking about this earlier. You know my favorite part of podcasting with my husband? What's that? I don't have to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, y'all, quarantine's hit me hard, so hard. So, like, you know, there's all these jokes always about, like, men just come in and put their pants down on the ground, like, as soon as they come in. 
That's me. Like, we went and got dinner a while ago, and as soon as we came back, I was like, oh, I gotta take these jeans off. Like, oh. And they weren't even jeans. <laughs> they're jeans. They just have a stretchy band. <laughs> but they're, you don't button them. No. They're shorts. And you they're just. They're like mom shorts. <laughs> yeah, they they have an elastic band. And we you didn't just have to tell the people that. Pull them up. And, but we did it, it's just it, they're not they're not jeans. Like I don't want you to be like, oh, I just uh, I'm okay. I put on these jeans and they were so pants. restricting. I just had to take like, them off. Honestly, everything's shorts. restricting than yeah. not wearing pants. Uh, just because, like, you know, one is restricting. Two, I don't really, I don't really go anywhere besides just like to walk the dog. So I've gotten to the point where I don't even want to put my leggings on. Damn. I'm just like, oh, panties. Yep. Mm-hmm. We reached that point yeah. of the quarantine. <laughs> and the worst part is that my quarantine ends next month. And I got to start wearing real clothes Damn, again. That, co- that shock's going to hit you hard. <laughs> it's going to hit me so hard. Because I used to wear makeup every day and like heels every day. And as soon as quarantine hit, I was like, oh, what is makeup? That alarm clock going to hit different, ain't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, all my classes are at night. So it's okay. I can still sleep until 10. Yeah. I don't know. I've got practicums this semester, so. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. I'm probably going to die. It's fine. Ah, we'll be fine. Yeah. So um, if you weren't on our social medias, you are finding out now that we're releasing on Thursdays now instead of Wednesdays. That's because I cannot keep up with my schoolwork and research and have it all done by Tuesday at the latest. I am also can't keep up with my work work. So, <laughs> so yeah. We just think that um, maybe Wednesdays weren't a great idea and Thursdays will work better. So we'll see how it goes. It's okay. We live and we learn. You know, we, we learn and we live. <laughs> you know, like they <laughs> that, say. <laughs> that true. That, that true. Uh, it's not a long day. <laughs> That's also true. All right. Are you ready to jump into your episode i don't know am i i don't know okay before you jump in i will say that i am so excited for mine so so excited it's gonna blow yours out the water no offense i've just done y'all i did three days worth of research for all this um and i have never been more excited to record an episode Ooh, setting setting the stage hopefully you listen to mine and not fast forward to bailey's um (laughs) So yeah, today I am going to be covering uh, Villa de Vici. Ooh, we're going to Italia. Uh, so yeah, Y'all, I will say that Milton worked really hard because I didn't know what he was covering. But last night when we were both doing research, he was like typing shit into Google and then like having Google pronounce it so that he would know how to pronounce it for y'all. Oh yeah. I'm 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 gonna get these pronunciations down at least the best that I can. It's fine. I had to pause my renovation island, but you know we've moved on from House Hunters to Renovation Island. Catch up. We've <laughs> catch up. This HGTV train's going fast. <laughs> so fucking fast, <laughs> y'all. And I don't know if y'all know if y'all watch um House Hunters on Hulu, and I think it's like season 561 or 761 some shit like that but it ends in the one they have comics on the couch and it's basically comedians they put it out like in march i think or february no like april i don't fucking know sometime during the quarantine all the time time is a social contract day. um <laughs> just a day yeah that's when they put it out day but um 
it's basically comedians making fun of house hunters. And it's kind of everything I've lived for. Yeah, it's great. I wish they made that like yeah, a, there's a full-time six episodes. thing. And it's kind of ironic that we're talking about HGTV as I talk about this house. Oh, are you talking about a haunted house? Yeah, it's a, a villa. It's a villa. On a, I'm not Italian. A mountainside in Italy. If you would have said Italy, bungalow, Italy. ranch style, modern contemporary. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a mixture of, I'm going to kind of skip ahead here. Craftsman. <laughs> it's not Baroque <laughs> and classic Eastern styles. Oh, you so know they got money if they have the Baroque house. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Because <laughs> I'm just broke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Baroque and then broke. <laughs> I got I got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Get on my level. All right. So the forest east of Lake Como in Como, Italy. Are home to a foreboding ruin. Ooh, foreboding. A house once a beautiful villa with lush gardens, beautiful artwork, and innovations like pressurized fountains. A home that was once known for its dramatic splendor and elegance, now barren and covered in graffiti. Nestled against the forested mountains of Cortenova, sits the inarguably haunted house Vega, Villa de Vecchi. Villa de Vecchi is most commonly nicknamed the Ghost Mansion. It also has the nickname the Red House after the patches of rust color paint that still coats part of the exterior. The house was built between the years of 1854 and 1857 as the summer home of Count Felix de Vecchi. Count Felix de Vecchi was the head of the Italian National Guard and a decorated hero following Milan's liberation from Austrian rule in 1848. De Vecchi was also a very well-traveled man. In his younger years, he traveled extensively across the Middle East, Egypt, and India, and published a book which sold well and included drawings from his experiences. So yeah, he wrote a book, and he ended up like putting it out, then he left Italy, like, to travel more, mm-hmm. and then came back, and, like, he, like, blew the fuck up. <laughs> so, is it, like, blowing up as he, while he was gone? Yeah. Basically, he put the book out, and then, like, he just went and started traveling more because he just loved to travel. And then, like, people fell in love with the book because he kind of romanticized the places that he traveled to because he went to, like, the UK and a lot of, uh, he went to some Western European countries, but then he went to mostly a lot of Eastern European countries and, like, the Middle East South, in that direction. And, uh, and so people, like, fell in love with the stories that he told and stuff like that. And so when he came back, he was, like, basically, like, a celebrity. Which was kind of (laughs) cool. So not only was he like a world, uh, a war hero, but a world traveler, a world traveler, but also, you know, basically a New York Times bestselling author. (laughs) No biggie. Uh, So with his experiences in hand, the Count set out to build a dream retreat for his family with the help of architect Alessandro Sidolio. No, Sidoli. Yeah. Da Vinci chose a blend of Baroque and classic Eastern European styles for his new home built upon a 130,000 square meter park, and the home itself was ahead of its time. 
Oh, so it was modern. Oh, yeah, modern in 1854. I feel like it's pretty easy to be modern in 1854. Yeah, but, I mean, it was kind of, it was, when I read what was in the house. You were like, oh, I've lived there. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, some of the pictures that we saw, that, like, that I saw <coughs> were basically, like, kind of drawings of the house of where it was, like, back in the day. Uh-huh. And uh, it was really fucking nice. So yeah, I would have lived there. Uh, I don't have pictures of the oh of the the previous glory. I just have a picture of what it is now. I bet it didn't have air conditioning though. Uh, no. But air I mean, con- you're in northern Italy. Like I'm sure you don't need it <laughs> at that point. I don't. I no. feel like everywhere needs air conditioning. Um. So the villa contained uh, heated pipes, a dumb waiter. And the aforementioned pressurized fountains. So, do you know what a dumbwaiter is? I do know what a dumbwaiter is. Oh, what is it? It's the thing... Um, oh, fuck. What's that movie we'll watch? Pet Cemetery, where her sister got killed in the dumbwaiter, remember? Yeah. And then um, in the other movie we watch... Oh, heads up. Spoiler alert. With that one woman from Smilf in it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, anyways, a dumbwaiter is usually in the kitchen, and it is like a little elevator for food. Oh, did you just Google that? No. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm writing. Stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just looked over here on your phone. You were like, oh, that's a really good definition. I was like, you just said that too eloquently. No, like, that's just me, bro. <laughs> uh, But yeah, you're exactly correct, though. Yeah, it was basically... A little shaft that took food up basically from the kitchen to the rooms on the upper level, uh, which obviously is really cool and a really, really lazy way to get food. But I know. feel like I'd get murdered in one. How? Not murdered, but killed. I, I would say totally house play way. in that shit. You would what? Play. You would play in it? Yeah. Like, like if elevator. you were a chill? If you were a chill? If, if you were a child? a child? Yes. Okay. I could see that, maybe. And you're know. like, yeah, I could see you getting killed. Okay. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories sense. of your childhood, so. Man. I mean. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. However, a year before the villa was completed, the architect, Alessandro Sidolio, Sidoli, uh, died. Many would later view his death as a warning of what's to come. We will, we will. No, okay. No, no. That's a SpongeBob reference. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> After the house's completion, uh, Da Vinci and his family would enjoy a few peaceful summers at the villa. Things would change in 1862. One night in 1862, while the Count was away, he would return to find his wife brutally murdered with her face dis- disfigured and his daughter missing. Ooh. Although the Count tried in vain to find his missing daughter, she was never seen again. The heartbreak it disappeared on Andy. <laughs> right. Uh, the heartbreak of what happened that night drove the Count t- to take his own life less than a year later. Aww. Some say uh, the attacking of his family was a revenge attack meant for Count de Vici because of his role in liberating Milan. But no one was ever arrested for the crime. It remains a mystery to this day. The villa was then passed on to Felix de Vici's brother, Biago, who later renovates... Diago? Huh? Diago? No, Biago. 
B I A G O. Oh, I thought it was Thiago. No, I not like... not the parrot from Aladdin. Oh, I like that name though. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> That was a cool ass parrot, though. That was a cool ass parrot. I mean, until he started like riding with the uh, Jafar and shit, but it's fine. <laughs> but that's for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, Let's start a Disney podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of down. I'm not. I have no time. <laughs> so Biago would later uh, renovate, oversaw the renovations of the house, and removed a lot of the eastern. Uh, Eastern aspects of the home. Biago would later abandon the house during World War II. Uh, the house would remain abandoned, but a few stories have led to the legend of this villa withstanding the test of time. Allegedly, uh, allegedly, the famous occultist Aleister Crowley allegedly spent a few nights at the villa in the 1920s, which naturally led to a rise in fan pilgrimages to the villa. The house became a site of satanic rituals performed by those wishing to channel the bad energy trapped within the walls of the house. There were also rumors of ritualistic orgies, sacrifices of both animals and humans, suicides, and murders. It is believed that the tragedy and sorrow experienced in the villa had attracted ghosts to haunt it. Got that demon sperm. The once glorious fountain has disappeared over time, but some may say that that is a good thing. Legend has it that the fountain just disappeared, like it decayed, just fell apart, you know, like decay. Um, legend has it that the water feature began to spout blood. Oh, okay, cool. I'm down. (laughs) What, but whose blood? Just blood, but it has blood has to come from somewhere. That's I mean, yeah, it does, but I'm I'm not gonna stick around to find out. Let's just <laughs> the grand piano, once uh, once said to be played at night by a ghostly entity, has since been smashed to pieces. Though some locals claim that music can still be heard coming from the house, it is also rumored that you can hear the screams of the victims of rituals performed on the grounds as well. Ugh. Despite all natural and human efforts to bring about its demise, Villa de Vecchi persists. An avalanche in 2002 wiped out all the nearby houses while the villa remained untouched. Oh, wow. Yeah. So apparently, uh, yeah, there was a huge avalanche and it wiped out like all of the other like houses in nearby but the avalanche somehow stopped like a few like meters away from the house. Like something blocked it from going through and just kind of washing away the house. That's weird. Yeah. And maybe the um the guy at Polly's Island came and warned the villa. <laughs> the the gray man? Yeah. Warned the villa? Mm-hmm. But no one's there. No, he warned the house. It was like, hey, buckle up, buttercup. Okay. It makes sense. Uh, maybe. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, the villa now stands a shell of its former glory and boarded up to prevent entry. Despite this, people believe that the villa is still very much haunted. And so here's a picture of how the villa looks now. I'm so excited. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh. You know, I've been watching a lot of HGTV. We could go buy it and renovate that bitch. <laughs> 
Make it into a hotel, a B and B. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, let's I'm do good. it. You like it? It has some charm. That's the beginning of like a horror movie. It has old world charm. Is that you buy an old decrepit property, and you're like, I see the potential. It has good bones. <laughs> And then literally a show on HGTV. And <laughs> literally a show on HGTV. And then you just get wrecked by demons and ghosts and just these random paranormal occurrences. And that's just not my bag. That's, no? No. I'm one, I'm not handy enough for all that. No, you're really not. Okay, you don't have to agree like that. <laughs> okay. Just say yeah, you're not, and just leave it not like you really ain't. No. But I mean, we all know these tools at the house are mine. I'm not not handy enough for all that. And yeah, I just don't want to be haunted. You know, just that's something I would like to avoid in general. Except for by me. Because, you know, when I die, I'm going to haunt you. I got you. That's why we got to go together. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's a podcast, y'all. Uh, no, I was playing. Okay. <laughs> uh, references for this story. Uh, atlasobscura.com, mentalfloss.com, thevintagenews.com, history, houseandhistory.com, medium.com, housebeautiful.com, renovatingitaly.com, and absolutehistory.com. You did great, sweetie. Thanks. Apparently, it's not going to be as good as your story. Oh, though. no, it's definitely so. not. I have like... 7,004 photos to show you. Oh, God. Here we go. And they're all going to be on the social meds. All right. Are you ready? So ready. All right. So this week, I don't have a specific place that my story takes place at, but rather we will be chasing Bigfoot. Oh, man. Ooh. Chasing Sasquatch. (laughs) Sassy. Because there are Bigfoot sightings everywhere and exploring all of them could be its very own podcast. I am sticking to the top eight states in the United States. You can spot our furry friends. Like, these eight states have the most out of all the other 50. The most Bigfoot occurrences. Sightings. Spottings. Spotting sightings. Yes. yes. Okay. So, these states are Washington, in order, from most to least. Okay. Washington, California, Pennsylvania, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, and Texas. Texas? Yeah. I, I would just I would I would never I was surprised it was so far down on the list. I wouldn't have guessed I would have guessed like Wyoming. Nope. Montana. Or nope. You know? That's where like wild horses live and shit. I mean, so that would make sense. Nope. <laughs> okay, so first let's learn a little bit about Bigfoot. This is what I found. It's believed that there are between two and six thousand Bigfoots or big feet. Sasquatches? <laughs> I know we're not calling them Sasquatch. Call them Bigfoot. Big, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Bigfootsies. I got foots. Bigfootsies. Yeah, foots. Okay. In America, oh, but there's two, between two and 6,000 of them in America. It is also thought that they are between seven to 10 feet tall and weigh between 600 and 1,000 pounds. So, like, you could definitely take them. Nah. <laughs> Their primary shelters are caves, abandoned mine shafts, and forests. Okay. All makes sense, yeah? Yeah. Also, before we jump into sightings, I have to tell you about something that really grinds my gears. Oh, boy. I forgot that I even... So, in all my Googling, everyone referred to Bigfoot as he or him. And they're definitely she and her, or even they or them Bigfoots. Because by the... Because the population, I'm just saying, like, there has to be 
more than just he, him, Bigfoots. Yeah, you can't be out here assuming genders, y'all. Right? He doesn't, or the, well, oh, I just did it. They don't even want to be seen. So, like, they're definitely not going to tell you their gender. Um, so, I'll start in Washington State. The last sighting I could find of Bigfoot in Washington State was in late January of this year. Oh. Yeah. And there are photos. Oh. Because of because the sighting didn't come from a regular Joe Schmo, it came from Washington State uh, Department of Transportation. Okay. Like, that's a big deal. That is. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> There's a video and photos. The pictures showed Bigfoot walking through the snow along the Sherman Pass on State Route uh, 20 on January 2nd, 2020. I have a picture to show you. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Here's the pictures. Like, there's, like, three of them. Of just the Bigfoots walking through the snow. Low pressure. Low pressure. Oh. That's wild. Yeah. Okay, can I have my phone? Yeah, no, sorry. (laughs) I'm just... I have so many to show. Yeah, so the picture, it basically went from, like, this wide angle where you can see Bigfoot. It's, like, a little red circle over it. And then, like, it zooms... The pictures kind of zoom in. You can see, like, the figure walking, which is kind of cool. And Washington State Department of Transportation actually released this all on Twitter. Wow. So that's how I can find these. It's official. Um, so we'll retweet it. <laughs> the video was taken via webcam on January 23rd, and it showed Bigfoot again walking through the snow, but at the Wildlife Overcross at I-90. And I'll tell you why I said it like that in a second. But here's just a little, here, turn around, look That's at the just, clip real quick. Is this not your voice? Do you see? See it? Oh. That's so cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I did some Googling. And these cameras are approximately three hours apart, if my Googling is correct. Approximately three hours apart. Yeah. Like, from, in from, the car. From the... From each other. Okay. Like the the cam on I ninety and the cam on State Route twenty. Okay. Um, in the car, I because I like Google mapped it. I should have done how long it would take, you know, walking. <laughs> but in, yeah. In the car, it takes three hours, so probably like what fourteen hours walking. You know, Something like that. <laughs> Some trails. Uh oh. Okay. But oh. So, some trails you can go on if you're wanting to see or hoping to see Bigfoot in Washington is Nider Prum Trail, North Bonneville Heritage Trail, Tarbell Trail, and South Fork Walla Walla River Trail. Wow. And if you check out um, Washington's National Guard website, they explicitly state that Bigfoot does exist. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) On to California. The infant... The infamous Patterson-Gimlin film footage is shot in the Redwoods near Bluff Creek in California. That's this one. Of course. Yeah. The one from... Okay. The first sighting here happened in 1958, and then the video was shot in 1967. Okay. There have been approximately 1,700 sightings in California. Michael Rugg is a Bigfoot hunter in Santa Cruz that that first saw Bigfoot when he was only four years old. Oh, wow. He is now uh, the curator of Bigfoot Discovery Museum in Felton, California. 
In the museum, the 59-second Patterson-Gimlin film plays on a loop. Rogue has his own opinions on this film. Because a lot of people said that it's someone just dressed up in an ape suit, you know? Right. Rogue states, analysis has shown that you couldn't fit a human in this costume. He also says there's no place for the head, the arms, and the legs are all the same length. Sans has proven that this is not a costume. He isn't just a crazy guy either. He's actually a scientist. Got trusted. Yeah. I, don't, I just thought it was like, you know, because like, I feel like most Bigfoot researchers are like all talked up to be like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just people that watched a bunch of YouTube videos and yeah. think they're experts. Huh? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, He believes Bigfoot has existed here for at least the last 400 years and has documented more than 200 sightings on the 90 mile stretch of land between monterey bay and half moon bay you can check out his uh museum in felton it's called it's filled with maps data and bigfoot evidence admission is free but no uh, donations are welcome wow so now to trek on to pennsylvania nice so i guess maybe bigfoot likes chocolate (laughs) is it in hershey no oh no you know just pennsylvania I was about to say, is like Bigfoot being spotted in Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania? Yes. So, first, there is an annual Bigfoot camping adventure. And, like, I just think that's the most fun it sounds. Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> it's basically a convention for Bigfoot enthusiasts in Fayetteville, in Fayette County Campground. Not Fayetteville, it's my bad. Um, and I have decided that we need to add that to our travel bucket list. Just letting you know. Oh, yeah. Rona. Yeah. Definitely something I want to do. <laughs> Tell me it doesn't sound fun. I mean, is it adults? Is yeah. this like an adults only thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to be hunting Bigfoot with a bunch of kids. Well, just don't be around the kids. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> just cuss a lot and drink a lot. Do like just I do. <laughs> and people will be like, oh, I can't bring my kids. That reminds me of when we went to Austin and we did that ghost oh tour God. with we a bunch of Girl Austin. Scouts. <laughs> And they were like seven. But anyways, most Bigfoot sightings have been reported in western Pennsylvania. Westmoreland County, located in southwest Pennsylvania, has had the most reported sightings of all counties in Pennsylvania, with 95 sightings. The Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society have tracked Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania to as far back as December 1858. 1858? 1858. Wow. A newspaper reported, quote, wild people in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a thing like man but hairy as a bear, has been seen uh, by the people. It was very wild and strong. It was once seen in a pen sucking the cows, and when discovered, it started as if to about to fight, and then turned and fled, bounding like a deer. It walks upright and is supposed to be a wild man. End quote. Wow. Yeah. So they found it feeding on basically one of the cows. Yeah. Sucking the cows. And then and then just bolted. I don't know if it means like cow or like udders. Yeah. I think I think it meant like cow, like sucking on the udders. Oh, really? I think that's huh. what I'm that's what I'm taking it as. Okay. Well, like, I don't know if it would be just out here eating a, a cow like that. Possibly. So, in October 2012, John Reed, a Bigfoot hunter that is a part of the Lycans Valley Sasquatch Hunters, reported that Bigfoot came into his motor motorhome and attacked him. He reported to police it, 
quote, it wasn't a person. I didn't see any clothes or coat or anything like that. I don't think it was a bear. I didn't, it didn't move like a bear, end quote. Reed uh, reported that it shook his Winnebago and broke the windows. I have two pictures to show you. The Winnebago. <laughs> um, he's like referencing how tall it is. And then it's the broken window of his Winnebago. Jesus. Yeah. The window is just shattered. Yeah. There's a mattress coming through it. So now that we know Bigfoot has basically been around forever and can attack Winnebagos, let's move on to Wh- uh, Michigan. <laughs> Uh, Bigfoot has decided that the forest in the Upper Peninsula is a good place to call home. The Sini National Wildlife Refuge, to be exact, is a popular place for Bigfoot hunters. It is 95,000 acres of untouched land, which, of course, sounds like a Bigfoot haven, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, footprints and hair samples have both been collected here. And that's all I wrote about Michigan Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now on to uh, Bigfoots of New York. So just... <laughs> it sounds like a show. That's only like it should be a show on Bravo. Now on to... <laughs> <laughs> the Bigfoots of New York. Oh. The Bigfoots of Atlanta. Oh my God. <laughs> so just a few... <laughs> you crack yourself up, huh? You've been uh, watching too be, much trash TV That would be we? great. It's because of you. <laughs> You're the one that watches Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm just out here sitting on Big the side just having to, having to watch it. BFBH. BFBH. So, Bigfoots of New York. <laughs> so, just a few weeks ago, on July 2nd, a woman reported being attacked by, Big, uh, by Bigfoot in Hyde Park, New York. Being attacked by Bigfoot? Yes. Wow. Literally 27 days ago. So, Hyde Park is a town about an hour and a half. Uh, an hour and a half north of New York City and its neighbors with Poughkeepsie. The lady who wanted to remain anonymous reported to Gail Beatty, the Hudson Valley's lead researcher of Bigfoot, that she was chased into the Hudson Valley. Beatty says that the woman told her the creature jumped up in the trees above her and branches and leaves started falling on her. Then the creature started to move from tree to tree chasing her. Damn. Yeah, like a squirrel, but bigger. Hmm. <laughs> um... This news station reported Beatty's name incorrectly, like where I got it from. Mm. Uh, so when I did some more diving on her work, I found also that she had, like, found the white dog, or she had white dog man reports in New York City's Hudson Valley. In, in New York's Hudson Valley, not New York City. Man, but what if it was just, like, a person that got out of quarantine? <laughs> They're I just, was just real excited. Just really hairy, really jacked up, and just like... Me? Just really good at, like, parkour. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> um, so, Bigfoot sightings are not new in New York. New, new. In the 1970s, the FBI released 22 pages of documents about a hair analysis conducted at the request of a well-known Bigfoot researcher, Peter Byrne. 22 pages. Uh-huh. The sample was 15 strands of hair attached to a small piece of skin. Byrne said... The first, quote, the first that we have obtained in six years, which we feel may be of importance, end quote. That's what he said about the sample. Oh, was there any, did they give anything about the, the, the hair, like the data from that they found? So the documents released in 1976 describe Mr. Burns' work, including Bigfoot sightings that, quote, hold up and are given high credibility. Oh, Yes. So, there's that. Bigfoot just hangs out in New York, and we've just been missing them. Yep. 
Now, Ohio. So much like the other states, Ohio's had a very recent Bigfoot sighting. This one's from January 12th, 2020. Two men who were hiking at Salt Fork State Park in Guernsey County when they, uh, when they decided to use their drone to shoot some footage. But they noticed a large furry thing while reviewing what they had caught on the drone. I actually have photos. Oh, Believe what? it or not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me zoom in. So here's photo one. This is of the face and, face and chest. Yeah, I can't really see it either. Like, I see it. It's just like, I, I wish I could see, like, the features. Like, it's I wish like, so- it looks like it's snowing or something almost. I wish it was, like, just some really HD picture, like, some four, a 4K picture of, of a fork. <laughs> Here's another fork photo. Yeah, it's because, like, every picture is just like this, just like a brown figure, which, no, like, not discrediting it because that's, that's totally Bigfoot. But I just like I wish someone would just get like this really like up close like super clear picture. So the video of what they saw is actually on YouTube, and we can link it in the show notes. The quality is really amazing. I think personally. Okay, so I, I did, doesn't didn't know that video existed. Um, uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, Eric, one of the hikers, reported that he. No, I'm talking about like. The quality of the photos is still really good compared. No. Oh, I mean, yes, it is. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. It's a wish that <laughs> I have. Eric, one of the hikers, reported that he asked the other hiker, should we even be here after seeing what they had, like, what they had caught? He didn't want to give his last name. However, since this, uh, as, since this has come out, scientists have discounted the existence of Bigfoot, considering it to be a combination of folklore, misidentification, and hoax. So, apparently, there's just, like, an ape hanging out. I'm confused. So, I mean, the government did research, like... But scientists are saying no. But they use science to prove, the, to have evidence. Well, I have something. USA USA Today Uh in 2012 voted Salt Fork State Park as one of the top 10 Sasquatchiest places. (laughs) Sasquatchiest. It's a very USA Today poll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, did they see Bigfoot? Did they see a random ape? You decide. They totally saw Bigfoot. Okay. The fact that it's still up for debate is dumbfounding (laughs) to me, but okay. So, now on to Oregon. Now on to Oregon. We are on an Oregon trail, if you will. (laughs) Trying not to die from dysentery. (laughs) So there has been almost 2,000 sightings in Oregon. Because of this, I am sticking to sightings in Lane County. This county alone had 88 reports. The latest being in 2014, a mushroom picker found uh, found some footprints when he was out, like, searching. The mushroom enthusiast said... Quote, the prints were larger than my size 12 red wing boot by approximately two inches all the way around. End quote. Jesus. Yeah. So what, that makes it like a size 16 and very wide. Yeah. 14, 16, somewhere around there. No, but it's two inches in the front and two inches in the back. Oh, yeah. Or like what a size. Yeah. Okay. The track was old and covered in moss. So that's all we have for this one. But on September 29th, 
of 2012, a group was camping on some private land. They reported they have camped at this same location numerous times without incident. They were sitting around the campfire when they heard noises about 50 yards away. According to the campers, they said it sounded like tree branches breaking. Then they decided to do what campers do when they hear a noise. Investigate? They went into the woods. (laughs) And it was at night. Oh, very Blair Witch. Yeah. (laughs) Three of the campers ventured off into the woods to see if they could find what was making the noise. One of them reported getting hit in the head with small pebbles. (laughs) Okay. That's not what I was expecting. What, Scat? Just like small, like pebble, small pebbles. I was expecting like, oh, one, one of them got hit in the head with a, a log or something. No, you know? I guess I was just trying to like ward them off, which yeah. it, it worked because they got scared and ran away. Oh yeah, it would have worked on me too. Yeah, I would have never went in there to begin with. <laughs> After this, they became scared and went back to the tents, like I just said. And one camper reported that they could hear large. Like a softball size rocks being thrown throughout the night. Jesus. So what if they just stayed there and started throwing rocks at the tents? Oh my god. <laughs> and missed every time. <laughs> Get some aim, Bigfoot. <laughs> and last, but for sure not least, we are going to Texas. Nice. So unfortunately, we don't have any reports in our county, but Denton does. So maybe Bigfoot and Goatman is qu- are quarantining together. <laughs> maybe i was gonna that. ask about that actually i'll wait till i'll wait till you finish that what ask about what no uh about because <laughs> you know basically people have stayed in like for the most part of this quarantine and so like i wonder if like bigfoot's just like out like man where the fuck is everyone like I just he's getting out more or, yeah like walking around like man i'm used to not like be able to go this far out here where is every like where is all these people and so yeah so um because we don't have any reports in collin county where we live i thought i would start by talking about fanning county which is my hometown oh i actually like started and ended with fanning county because there's a lot in fanning county really <laughs> yeah hmm. So, the first report in Fannin County happened in February of 1992. A woman reported that Bigfoot ran across the road in front of her car in Pecan Gap, which is a community in North Texas. Her exact report read, It was after midnight. I had the high beams on as you never never know who you're going to meet when you're going to meet another car at that time of night. Also, I know what part of the road she was going across Mm -hmm. and it's like super fucking windy oh okay i saw a dark colored upright figured like a quote big man run across the road the figure was at the edge of my headlight so i didn't get a real clear look at it it ran from the west to the east i was traveling pretty fast so i reached where it had crossed within a second or two and it was all it was gone it had disappeared into the cluster of cedar trees that were along the fence line I have only told a couple of people about it. At the time, I didn't think about it being Bigfoot because I've never heard of any in the area. After reading other re- uh, reports recently, I'm convinced of what I saw. End quote. Wow. Yeah. And then um, she said, I did not go back to check. I don't even like to drive on that part of the road at night anymore. And the other people reported hearing screams at night, but believed um, it was either panthers or mountain lions. Oh. Yeah. So, no big deal. <laughs> really, though? 
Well, we used to have a cougar at my house. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, it's a thing. No, oh, yeah. So, um, this one is important because my dad had a hayfield in Pecan Gap, and I'm down to go Bigfoot, Bigfoot hunting if you are. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm no. Okay. Wow. <laughs> the latest sighting in uh, Fannin County was in July of 2015, so five years ago, in Gober. This is the report. Quote, my roommate and I were smoking on the back porch about 9 p.m. Near Bear Creek, out of nowhere, we start hearing hollering down in the creek. Loud howling. Only it sounded as if it were very large. If it was a very large curly of the Three Stooges. Yelling, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> Absolutely clear as day. And so loud for like 15 to 20 minutes. Up and down the creek. Almost no diminished sound though. It sounded for the life of me like a mother calling a child home. Never heard it before. So when Gary Christensen, a reporter for the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, or BFRO, went to investigate, he he said that she had another encounter in October of 2015. Gary reported, quote, she reported seeing Bigfoot on October 28th, 2015 at 4 p.m. walking across her property into a thicket. She saw it from her porch approximately 100 yards away. Okay, like these people are like, oh, it's 50 yards away. Oh, it's 100 yards yeah, away. I don't know how I have no fucking idea. Yeah, no glue. No idea. Okay. She saw it from behind and did not see its face. She described it as having flowing, shiny black hair and about as tall as I can reach, about eight feet. When we replicated the sighting, she said its butt looked like uh, four, week, four feet wide. A big old donk. <laughs> Later that night, she heard and recorded growl-like vocals and saw a, sing- uh, saw a single tree, 50 feet tall and 3 feet in diameter, waving back and forth with a little with little wind and no other trees moving. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, this is also close to Coffee Mill Lake, where, like, my sister camps and, like, we're planning on camping. So, like I said, if you're down to Bigfoot Hunt... Which you said you were. Yeah. I was not expecting you to say yes. I mean, I figured we would at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I was really expecting a resounding no. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my stories of Bigfoot sightings. All right. So I got a question. Yeah. Bigfoots or big feet? Uh, yeah. Bigfoot or big feet? Um, also, what do you call a baby Sasquatch? Little Bigfoot. No, you can't. Little foot. Little. That sounds like a rapper. Little foot. Little foot's from uh the. I know it's from. I know it's from a land before time. Yeah. But it also sounds like a rapper, like little foot. Little foot. Little foot. (laughs) Okay. What would you call a baby? I don't know. Baby squatch. Oh. Little squatch. Little squatch. (laughs) Also sounds like a rapper. Just because it has a little in front of it. No matter. No matter the name, Lil Squatch, Lil Foot, they're going to be dropping bars. Yeah, together. <laughs> All right, Baby Yoda, Lil Squatch, or... Uh, you forgot Baby Grinch. Or uh, Baby Grinch. Oh, I fucking love Baby Grinch. I would have a Baby Grinch. Oh, my God. He's so cute. 
I'll take. I still take Baby Yoda. No, fuck I'll that. Still use the Force. No, fuck that. I'll he's not that. cute. Like he's cute, not, whoa, but he's not like whoa. he doesn't have chubby little cheeks no. and big old eyes. You, you, you still you can't walk that back. You just said baby Yoda ain't cute. <laughs> not as cute as baby Grinch. No. Okay. <laughs> so my resources for this week are as wta.org, arcgis.com, ws.wa.gov. Uh, visit redwood.com, mil.wa.gov, roadtrippers.com, pinlive.com, freep.com, westchester.news.12.com, uh, nytimes.com, beaconjournal.com, oregonbigfoot.com, and bfro.net. All the resources. <laughs> All the Damn, resources. I didn't know when that was going to end. <laughs> you know what? Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> But that was a really good story. I didn't realize there were so many uh, encounters this year. Oh yeah, there was shit ton. I didn't and, even like get. I didn't even. I only did like. I tried to do one story per state, and like it was still a shit ton. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't understand how people still can't believe Bigfoot's not real. Okay. I mean, so the Bigfoot like, is real. Like, I don't understand why people can't believe that. Which one do you think is more real? Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. What? I don't, I just, it's hard. Do you not believe that Nessie's real? It's harder for me to believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real okay. than Bigfoot. Which do you think is still alive? Bigfoot or Megalodon? Bigfoot. You don't think Megalodon's still alive no. down there? No. Didn't you watch the Meg? No, I watched it without you. <laughs> <laughs> Like if the if a megalodon exists, it would be like on some like Jurassic Park shit. You no, know, I really think a megalodon still exists. Uh, I don't think so. You, you can't even swim. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You can't even go explore. Why are you attacking my my lack of ability to swim? <laughs> you can't even float. I feel personally attacked. I mean, I'm so hurt. <laughs> well, what did you think? You liked it. I loved it. Right, next week, I'm not going to have such a long story. As long as you bring great content. As long as you bring the heat. Ooh, the, the, uh. The, <laughs> God. As long as you bring the great content, doesn't matter. As long as You'll our listeners up. are happy, you know, doesn't really matter. I hope y'all appreciated this. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a great, I, I felt like it was a great story. Thanks. Great group of stories. A lot of information, a lot of evidence. So much information. I'm about to go decompress after this. And hopefully, if you if if you are listening to this and you weren't a believer of Bigfoot, I hope you come away a believer of Bigfoot because <laughs> there was a ton of evidence. If you're not going to believe in anything else, believe in Bigfoot. Like really, like if you're not taking anything away from this quarantine, Bigfoot believes. Bigfoot in you. is real, and Bigfoot believes in you. <laughs> So, don't forget to check us out. Uh, check us out and follow us on Twitter at H-E-H Podcast and on Instagram at Happily Ever Haunted Podcast and on Facebook at Happily Ever Haunted Podcast. If you love the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. We would love to hear your feedback. And remember, those that haunt together, stay together. Ooh. But we don't do that. <laughs>